Taking care of your dogs can be rough. Luckily, your friends over at BarkBox have you covered. Sign up to receive monthly care packages delivered right to your door with food, toys, and treats customized just for your dog. With prices starting at $23 a month and free shipping, now is the time to get started with BarkBox. Use our personalized BarkBox link either in the description or on our social media platforms to get deals, promotions, and more for your favorite pups. What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because Honestly, Arizona Small Balls is better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. We're super excited about this episode of the podcast. It's the first time in history that we've all been here together, so I get to look at Reyes' fresh cut in person. And I get to see him ignore me while I'm talking in person as well. He's just texting right now. But we got head coach Dan Wall out of Camp Verde, the 3A Conference Coach of the Year with us. And we're super pumped about it. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. We're going to talk about coaching in the small-town community. We're going to talk about the shot clock. We'll talk about dribble drive offense a little bit. Reyes even got some hot question or hot seat questions for coach. We'll see how you do with those. (laughs) But it's going to be a lot of fun. We mentioned on our last podcast, Coach, that because you coached Reyes his senior year, you probably should have won conference coach of the year. So I'm going to start by throwing you a question that we didn't even send to you because I wanted this to be as genuine as possible. I don't think you can win conference coach of the year when you only win five games. (laughs) (laughs) And he's a great coach, but when you have players like – my class. It's a little interesting, let's just say the least. True. And and I feel like life was a little more difficult on the basketball court back in those days. So may, maybe a little better deserved back then, even though we only won five games. We, we, we might need to post... Just uh, to survive the season. <laughs> we might need to post a clip of the diamond press that we were running <laughs> with Reyes at the, at the head of the diamond press. It was epic, let me tell you. Okay, so, so anyways... This is not one that we sent you. I wanted to be as genuine as possible. You coached Reyes, which is not an easy task. I feel like Reyes, between the two of us, is probably the favorite with everybody who listens. Do you have a memory of coaching Reyes in basketball that is worthy of sharing on the pod, whether it be involving, like, are you, like, shit, like, hiding your head? <laughs> There's just too many. Whether it be language or, oh, I mean, you know, Reyes, Reyes keeps it pretty clean on the pod, but it's not always like that, so... Oh, man, as you said that, there's so many stories popping through my head right now. You could even talk about Defensive Player of the Year because, believe it or not, Reyes was Defensive Player of the Year one time. On our team. On our team. Defensive Player of the Year. I was clam- I was actually clamping kids, so that's the difference. Come on, I held the kid to zero points. Are you kidding me? He quit. This is, this is one of those classic moments where the stories just get better every year after. Yeah, you know, he clamped the kid, and, um, yeah, but just like the test with Coach Wall was just saying, there's been many – Many stories of the infamous Reyes that has gone untold. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of silly things in the program. Um, I mean, as far as language, Coach Wall, I think there's one that Coach Wall probably remembers most is when I saw a big Rice Krispie treat. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're taking the – it's his story. It's his question. Well, I was going to let him it's tell it. I'm just giving him an image, like the visual. Okay, lob it up to him and you can let him go. I was trying it. to give him the slam dunk, dude. How about you just wait and let me just deliver? That, that was actually going to be the first one I threw out there. So we stop at a, a gas station on the way to Round Valley. And, um, you know, Reyes was infamous. We had a story where we did push-ups. Uh, for any any swearing, you know, the kids had to do some push-ups and so not some push-ups. It's like a hundred push-ups for every. Swear it was like it was like fifty push-ups for for a customer. So <laughs> coach Wall runs a pretty tight ship. <laughs> it was a hundred for me. So so we were in the gas station and I was just wandering down the aisle looking for my my snack of choice, and all of a sudden, right before I go to walk around the corner, I hear, "That is an effing big Rice Krispie treat." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. And, uh, <laughs> and I walk around the corner, and sure enough, there's Reyes, and his eyes open big, and I kind of look at him, and I say, all right, Reyes, let's go. And so 
He dropped and did 50 push-ups in the store. In so. the middle of the store while everybody's watching me, it was like child slavery or like child labor, dude. <laughs> child labor. I look back dude, at this it. This is what I'm talking about. I look back at it now, guys, and... Didn't you get done, and then didn't you, like, cuss right after you were done or something? No, so, I, so in tired. the middle of the push-ups, I was, like, so I dropped, like, I dropped two F-words, so that was, like, 100, and then, like, once I hit, like, 70, I think, I dropped another F-word, so that added 50 more, and then I said, like, the S-word, and then Coach was like, you know what, just do 300 push-ups, and so we did 300 push-ups. We waited in the gas station until I did 300 push-ups, and then we went to Round Valley after that, so, I mean. And to raise his credit, he got all 300 done, and we got back on the bus and went on our way. How so. long were you guys waiting? That's a- that, that wasn't that, it wasn't that long. No, stop it. It wasn't that long. Cool. It, was, it was 10 plus minutes. I will say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty good for him to do 300. He's, he was in pretty good shape at the time. Oh, I was I'm pretty in good shape. Come on, I was in PRs. I was, you know, three plates on the back. It was, it was like, it's not about me today, guys. It's not about me today. You're right, you're the fan right. favorite. We wanted to give Coach Will an opportunity to say something about Reyes because, seriously, guys, the content of Reyes, it, it, we could do, I don't know, a full season on the podcast just about that because it's pretty funny. But we are here to talk about Coach Wall and highlight him and some of the things that he's done. One of the things that is evident, I mean, you guys know geographically, Coach Wall coaching at Camp Verde for, it's been 10 years now, right around? Yeah, eight years with the varsity and Mm -hmm. 10 total years. So he's been here for a while. He's been coaching at Camp Verde geographically. It's just a very small town community school. And we know that a lot of you guys that tune into the pod, you guys also, you coach, you teach in small town communities and you feel some of the struggles here. So we just want to take some time out and just talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly about coaching in a small town community because we've talked about this before. Oh, yeah. There's there's positives and negatives to whether you're in a small town or whether you're in the metro or whatever it is. So let's just start with the good. What, what do you feel like is the really good about coaching in a small town community? Because I, I thought of some for me too because we coach in a small town community as well. Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, this, this goes to every coach anywhere, any program, but the, the best thing about coaching is the people involved. And so, you know, you start off with your, your staff of coaches who are an absolute blast to, to work with over here in Camp Verde. And, <laughs> you know, uh, despite all the interesting stories, I mean, they're, they're a great group of guys. So that's, that's a lot of fun. But even expanding outward into the community, I mean, just, just great people in the community. We all have, you know, the, the parent here or there that we have to deal with for sure. Um, but just the support that you get, you know, people showing up to the games, you walking into bashes or Circle K trying to pump some gas and people want to stop and ask about the boys and how things are going. I used to hate that. I, yeah. I did. <laughs> for, for a lot of years, that was a really hard thing, you know. And, and a lot of times when we weren't doing so well, people just didn't ask much. But it, it, it has been a lot more fun these last few years from, from that standpoint. People it's been just cool. Get, people have gotten just excited. really excited. Yeah, they get really yeah, excited. Yeah, Coach Wad now signs autographs and charges people so he's not as holy as you guys think he is i carry five dollar bills around and hand them out so people allow me to give them their autograph works out pretty well so yeah i mean coaching in a in a small town community just to kind of go off what coach said i feel like we've just loved the the relationships that you build i mean you even look at your coaching staff 50% 50% of the coaching staff are your previous players, you know. Exactly. Whether they were good or not, you know. <laughs> I was defensive player of the year. You're right, defensive Stop. player of the year. You can't yeah, I got a strap on me, boys. Remember that, guys. Listeners, I got a strap That's on me. slang for just shooting really good, okay? Just so shoots you know. a lot. <laughs> does, yeah, 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 I shoot a lot. Doesn't mean I shoot. Pumps a lot out. Doesn't mean it's going in, but I shoot a lot. <laughs> but, but it is really cool, you know, when you have, I feel like it says a lot about your program mm-hmm. and what how you're doing things. Yeah. When you have kids leave the program and want to come back and continuously pour back into what you've done, so I think I think that's really good. Let's get to the bad. It's the bad because there is some bad. We got to be honest, right? Yeah, and I mean I don't know why I call it bad. It's just it's just challenges, and everybody has challenges in their program. Um, I think the hard thing in a small town is the cyclical talent. You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. You, you get a couple of kids come in, like, man, we've had an awesome last few years, you know, with, with Jason and his group coming in and these last four years with Chino and his group. And it's been an absolute blast. Um, but previous to that, you know, you know, I mean, Reyes, Reyes was part of it. Let's, let's be fair to Reyes. He I was part of his stuff. downfall, but, <laughs> his demise. Uh, and, and, and I mean, they'll, they'll talk to you about it too. If you talk with them, I mean, the town was just different, you mm-hmm. know, and, and in a small town, you have to work with everything that comes in the door and just try to figure out how to make it as competitive as possible. And so 
it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's just it's just a challenge, which mm. is fun for us as coaches to try to figure out, man, how do we get this group of kids working together and achieving their full potential? And I think as coaches, it makes you define success a little bit differently maybe too, mm. whereas it, it can't be about the wins and the losses because if it is, like I'd have been out in, in a year and a half. I just couldn't have taken it, you know. Mm. And so there's got to be more to it than just that. And if you can wrap your head around that, man, it can be really a satisfying um, time to coach in a small town for sure. And we're giving Reyes a hard time. Reyes played super hard, and he was he, – I mean, I didn't coach that much in the varsity when he was a senior, but he worked really hard, and he bought into everything Coach said, and, you know, this is turning into a rag on Reyes' podcast. <laughs> yeah, in fairness, he's one of my favorite players of all time. I, I <laughs> love cool. Reyes to death, so – and that just kind of shows in the test to coach Wald. Not like I said, just not just the coaching aspect of things, but just getting ready, getting players ready for life outside of basketball. Because you know you can't play basketball for the rest of your life. And so I think what he does a really good job at is you know getting his players ready for outside of life and kind of just instilling uh, how to be a man for those. Because like I said, in the Canberra community, there's not a lot of um, strong male role models. And so, especially for my class, uh, you know, Coach Wall did all he could, and he's a pretty good father figure for a lot of us. So that's just a quick, quick shout out for Dan Wall. <laughs> I'll pay you your twenty later on that one. <laughs> so yeah, all the bad, you know, it is what it is. I feel like for me, after it was after we lost this year, and it's it's not good, but just my mind as a competitor, I know that Coach kind of felt the same. Is you know once we lost, the first thing in my head was, well, this is the the one of the last times in a long time that we're going to have a group that's as competitive as this, because when you do teach in a small town community, when you coach in a small town community, your pool is just very limited, and it just is what it is, and it's just not the right mindset to have, but that's just a reality. So let's get to the ugly though, okay? The ugly. I don't know what you came up with with the ugly, but I came up with some stuff for the ugly because. Teaching a small town community can be a little messy sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the trickiest part about a small town is how interconnected everything is in the town. Mm. And so, I mean, you know, you see a kid's parent in the stands, you're going to see that <laughs> same parent at church on Sunday, you're going to see that same parent in bashes on Monday, and at the gas station on Tuesday, and probably in the post office on Wednesday. I mean, it is just, you know, the, the overlap and the connections between everybody – that, that's a very important piece to understand about small towns and, and to be able to navigate successfully, you know. Mm. And even if it something doesn't come up that year with that particular person, something probably is going to come up in the next five years with their younger sibling or their mm. younger kid. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable, all those connections. And so just really treating people with love and respect no matter how you feel or, or maybe if you, you know, feel they've wronged you or, or whatever – you just really have to be filled with grace to, I think, mm. to make it happen in, in the small community and, and do it for a long time. You know, it's, that, that's a tricky part to navigate for sure. And I feel like with that, let me say this about Coach. There's a lot of great things about Coach. One of my favorite things about Coach is how he deals with kids, even if they're, they come out to tryouts and they don't make the team. And he has to cut them. That's one of my – coach does a great job of just kind of – he brings every – this is what he does. He brings every single kid in and has a conversation with every single kid that comes and tries out. And I know some of you guys from bigger schools are like, oh, yeah, I can't do that. But that's one of the goods, I guess, from a, from a small-town school. But he brings every single kid in, and he has interviews with them and tells them exactly why they didn't make the team, if they want to make the team, what they can do to get better – and I will say that I have sat in on some of those interviews and I will say that Coach Wall is kind of a magician at trying to – Coach Wall is kind of a magician at like bringing something positive out of something. I forget who it was, Coach, but there was a point where Coach was like, you know, I saw you at, at tryouts every single day and you hit that line on that suicide every single day and you were there on time every day. And I remember just sitting there like, dude, how are you thinking of a positive to say to this kid? But he did a great job. And, and part of that is, you know, thinking about you're going to see that kid's family member, you know, you're just treating people right. It's a great it's a great aspect that coach has. And it's it's valuable. Yeah, and, and I mean, honestly, I think all of us in these small towns, small areas, small ball world. I think we all try to look to do that as much as we can. Mm. So I don't think that's anything, 
that just needs to happen in a small town. I think that's the definition to, you know, to help all of us be successful. Mm. So. Yeah, so a quick hot seat question for you. <laughs> now that we're talking about, you know, Here it comes. cutting all kids right. and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I know what he's going to say. How... What was it like? What was your toughest cut? Because I can think of one off the top of my head. But I just want to know what do you think? What was the hardest cut you had to make on a kid as a coach? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> there, there's been some hard ones over the years. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> we understand, too, and I'm going to say this to give Coach yeah. Wall a second to gather his thoughts. We understand that some of you guys from some small town communities, you're like, cuts? What is that? You know, uh, for us, the last two years, we really haven't had cuts. You no, know? we haven't. Uh, part of that was because of COVID. But. Oh, but this dates back a little bit further, you know. I, you <laughs> Reyes know, has a specific. Story. I have a specific one in mind. I'm not going to. I think the name at the end of it rhymes with pick. <laughs> so, um, oh, I mean, if you kind of want to go into that, how that process was, we're not going to name drop. You know, we don't name drop a free or anything like that. But um, Reyes is putting a lot of pressure here, Coach Wall, in the hot seat. <laughs> we're not even in the hot seat segment yet. Yeah, you couldn't. You, like you said the kid was in the program. Here's some backstory: the kid was in the program before. Um, great heart, strong, sturdy kid. He did a lot of the great things for us. He was a great kid. He was a great kid, nice oh, kid, but. I'll be honest, like I said, I'm the one that's no filter here. He just, like, skill-wise, just wasn't there at that level yet. And so I just kind of want to know, how do you handle that? So with that particular situation that Reyes is referring to, I mean, that, that probably was the hardest one, especially since I've been here at Camp Verde. And, He's had know, a ton of heart. I, I had to bring him into the office and, and just talk with him about, you know, we, we just didn't have space for him on the team and – We'll love him to stick around, which obviously that, that's a tough, it's a tough conversation. For, for most kids, we've had kids where they're like, oh, are you cut me? I'm such a bummer, but they're actually excited. <laughs> that's, that's true. We have had that one. Um, so needless to say, this young man was not overexcited to, to stick mm-hmm. around, and I didn't blame him one bit. So that, that was a very difficult situation, Reyes. Did you ask him to be a manager? I just told him if he really wanted to stay around, we'd be happy to, to have him in a different mm-hmm. capacity. You know, and I said, if he wants to talk about it, we could. But I said, I totally understand if <laughs> he'd rather do some other things in the winter. And, and that's kind of what he chose and that's, to do. And that's the way to do it, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> For real, though, honestly, like, sitting there, and uh, if we're, we're saying it's the Rag on Reyes podcast, I remember the banquet that we had for Reyes' senior year. I just kept thinking because Coach Wall goes through every single kid and says like a little synopsis about them and how they do. Again, speaking to the relationship of the small town community and having less kids in your program, you get to know kids a little bit better. I remember sitting in the stands thinking like, sitting in the stands, sitting on the picnic table, thinking like, what is he going to find positive to say about all these kids? But he just does that really good. So I thought of something else of the ugly and this kind of alludes to what you were saying. The res that is just up the street from us, there's a lot of struggle. You know, for one of the things with Reyes that he always talks about is his kind of MO is he loves putting on tournaments and getting kids in the gym because he knows that if they're in the gym playing basketball, they're at least not involved in a lot of other stuff that kids can get mixed up in in a small town community. I feel like that's the ugly, you know, because. We just, I don't know how many kids we've lost to, to mm. that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, there's, yeah, like, oh, we don't have a, a six nine athlete. It is what it is. But, you know, when you lose a kid to drugs or, you know, certain situations like that, it's, yeah, it's really tough. So Yeah. No, and that's, that has been a huge challenge these last eight years. You know, mm. you work with the kid and get him to a certain spot, and then all of a sudden something happens in life, and, you know, then they can't be with you anymore. Those... Those are devastating. And they're devastating for anybody's program anywhere. I don't mm. care who you are, but it definitely hits maybe even a little more close to home with, with the lack of depth you know, that, that a lot of us do deal with in these small communities. So, mm. yeah, those have been some really tough ones over the years. And I think what makes it more hard or just like I think a tough pill to swallow is when you see them working at like a restaurant and you're like, wow, like you're still here after like – you like dropped out of school. I think that's like the hardest thing. Like, we know some kids that, you know, like Sonic's a big split, uh, spot for us and everything. And, you know, you see the kid there and he's a great athlete, but, you know, just couldn't figure it out. Well, this is pretty specific. <laughs> multiple kids. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of struggles that come with it. That's kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
if you guys got more stuff that we missed, man, send it into us because you know we want that community with you guys, and and you know we're we're in the same boat, all of us. So uh, yeah, it's just really good. So we want to start off the pod talking about that. Aside from the small town community, coach, you have seen a lot of success coaching in a small town community. One of the things you guys have to know about Coach Wall is he loves to deflect any type of compliment that anybody gives to him. So we have a tally mark here, and if he deflects any type of a compliment that we give to him, he has to double what he gives to us at the very end of the year, which is a, a pretty nice gift card to B-dubs, which I'm really looking forward to. I love it every single year, seriously. I'm not going to say that's why I do it, but I do think about that at the beginning of every season. You've had a ton of success here, and, you know, I'm trying to – we talked about it on the last pod – when we highlighted, or probably two pods ago, maybe, when we highlighted about his wins in the last five years, even. Yeah. It's like 91. He's like 91 wins, yeah. Yeah, so almost 100 wins from a very small town community school where, you know, Coach Wall's just done a great job in a lot of different areas. And this was a special group of players that they had. What was so special about this group of players that you had? Because they were so much fun to coach, man. They were great kids. Going to miss them. Yeah. I mean, are we talking basically about this senior class? Yeah, the senior okay. class. So, ton of buy-in. Um, you know, I, I think they worked really hard in the offseason um, as, an, as an overall group. We've had a lot of individual kids that have worked hard in the past, but I think to get this whole group together playing for these last four years was a huge piece of the success, you mm. know. And you guys will probably give me a tally mark for this, but the assisting coaching staff that we've had these last four years has been completely instrumental in, you know, designing quality workouts for the kids. There's the first tally mark of him deflecting. If if you want me to be honest (laughs) on this podcast, okay, we've got to give some credit where credit's due. And and I know you guys don't hear much from Coach Loretta and Reyes about um, their involvement, but man, they are huge along with the rest of our assistant coaches just in developing players, um, you know, the, the, the skill work that's done in the offseason, uh, the game planning, it, it's definitely a team effort. And so I think you put all of those things together with kids that care, support each other, love each other, hang out together off the floor, and, and you have a really neat recipe for success uh, these last four years. I think my favorite thing about this group has been how unselfish they are. Mm-hmm. When I mean, if you ever got to see – the I mean the senior class play together when they're clicking on all cylinders and hitting shots and just playing the way that they can play they're just so fun to watch because they really don't care you know obviously if you look at the stats Chino is definitely the one who averages the most but nobody cares about that really you know and it's just it was a lot of fun to watch it was special I don't know I haven't really coached a group that was that unselfish yeah. Maybe a little too unselfish at times during games. That probably drove us crazy mm. throughout this whole season. That is true. For sure. For sure. And I would say, I mean, as freshmen, one memory that comes back about those kids is, is when we were playing open gyms, it was Kristoff and Devin and Chino, and they always used to call themselves the dream team when we had the three-on-three. <laughs> three. I forgot go, about and they're that. They are just these little freshmen, and this is when, you know, we had some of these pretty good players as juniors and seniors, pretty competitive open gyms. And they'd always be like, hey, can we get the dream team together today? We really think we got a shot to compete. And, man, the first few open gyms, they got hammered. I mean, they had no chance to compete. They're so tiny. Just little skinny kids, you know. And so, but they just wanted to keep competing. They wanted to beat, you know, the best players. And, and seeing where they ended up at the end was really, really satisfying and a testament to, to those kids working together. It's kind of interesting, too, because they all, almost all of them went to the same, like, middle school. They know, all you, did. Except for except like, like Beaver Creek, but like Beaver, Beaver Creek, but Camp Beaver Creek and like Camp Verde. If you kind of think about it, especially in the small town, how we work. I don't know how it is for you other schools, how it works over there in the middle school. But like for Beaver Creek and Camp Verde, it's kind of like a little feeder system where mm. majority of the kids kind of go to Camp Verde from those schools. Mm. Obviously, mm. Camp Verde Middle School, Camp Verde High School. But for Beaver Creek, we're able to get some, you know, pretty good talent. Like I said, you know, we talk, mentioned Chino. We had a couple other kids as well, but we're not gonna mention names. Um, <laughs> you can mention name if you want. No, I think I'm all right. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's kind of cool how, like, yeah, and, like, they played grasshopper together. So, I mean, they've just been together, like, the whole time. It's kind of like when uh, Coach Neal talked about his boys and stuff like yeah, that. And how it's they, exactly like that. It's kind of like that. Yeah, they've just been together and they played together for as long as we can. I don't even remember, but. It's funny, like, when we were going to Fountain Hills, the first game, like, the first away game when we had our home and away, 
on the way over there, remember they started pulling yeah. up all those clips of the, when they were all playing grasshopper together. And, and yeah, Corey is like, hey, now, man, now, baby. And they're all just laughing, and it's Devin shooting a three, and they're all just little pipsqueaks. It's so funny. It's a special group. And, I mean, with this group, there's been a lot of great memories, even just kind of mentioning that. What's, like, a favorite memory that you have with them? I was trying to think about this, and it was hard for me to, like, I don't know, zone in. Because there's just been, they've been with, the majority of these kids have been on varsity for four years. So we've just been with them a ton, so. Yeah, I mean, probably one of the most recent favorite memories is right when we made the playoffs. And, mm-hmm. and we were going to mm-hmm. try to figure out if we were going to play Payson or Sholo. And that game was on, a, I think it was a Tuesday night or Wednesday night. Mm. And so after practice, I just told the kids, hey, if anybody wants to show up to my house, you know, we'll, we'll grab pizza, we'll watch the game. Um, so all the kids want to come over. So it's, you know, all the kids crammed into my little living room, you know, they're watching the TV and just so focused, so excited, like having so much fun together. I was just kind of sitting off to the side, watching it all take place. And, you know, that those are the moments as a coach where your heart's really full and, and, and you just... You're so thankful to to be working with such a fun group of kids. So I think that's the most recent one that that really strikes me. And I mean, you know, we've all been in those hard locker rooms too at the at the end of seasons. And obviously, man, shout out to Holbrook because they were they were awesome against us. They had a great game, but great that squad. Was, that was pretty devastating for our group. Um, and just to see how the kids interacted with each other in that locker room mm. too, as difficult as that moment was, uh, just really special connections which were on full display from from all those kids so i think those were the two that that really come to mind right off the bat what about the dunk contest at your house <laughs> yeah you know, so you probably have some pretty good memories remember when they had the the who was it was it your kids or somebody else that had the score sheets dubs kids we had paper plates <laughs> and they had numbers written on them one to ten they sat in the chairs on the side and all the kids would dunk we had to drop the hoop to like seven foot at that time, so because, we could t- <laughs> so, not- so we could get something better than just an over the rim dunk. But now this, is not- those, this, those were a blast. This is the highlight of Coach Wall. He's probably going to defer on this one. But do you remember you dunking on a couple of our kids? I have no recollection of that. Did he? He did. I don't even remember. You dunked on Big Chi. You really? Alex was this last year? Yeah. Well, I wasn't there last year, but like, what? Last time I was there, yeah. I, I do know that there was some almost injuries last year, so this year I tried yeah. to kind of cut it. So yeah, it was last year, yeah. Because we right I remember you went up so. with Big Chi, you dunked on him. I think you dunked on Alex, if I'm not mistaken, or you blocked Alex, and then Sheena wanted a piece of you, if I remember. I, I'm starting to remember that now. I'm, I'm not remembering that very well, so I guess I guess we'll take. I just remember forward. David and I think Kristoff going against each other. I remember that. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I do. And for like for those of you listening, David and Christoph, they're like two of our smallest guys on the team. Mm. I think one's about five eight, the other mm-hmm. one about mm-hmm. they're probably both five eight, five seven, you know, oh, yeah. to, on a good day. So I mean it was kinda interesting to see how that was transpiring. <laughs> I feel like every year we do that, I'm like, this is the year I'm just gonna like enter the dunk contest and go crazy. I never do. <laughs> I just always get blocked or something. Gosh, I hate that. And usually Coach Dubs comes out at the end of it. That's he's, true. That's he's true. our taller assistant coach. That is true. And some of the bigger kids try to dunk on him. So it, that, that's always a lot of fun. That, that's always, yeah, it's a pretty good memory. Yeah. You Actually, before we move on, you know one of my favorite memories was this year with this group is the fact of when we played a team and the coach said that one of our players wasn't a shooter. And oh, he went, and he really went four for four, and our whole like senior group was, was just like boasting our guy Devin up, like just you know just giving just giving the rock. He went like what well, four for four right mm-hmm. that night, and it was the crowd was electric. I think that's probably one of my favorite memories. Just kind of just shows like the brotherhood they had for each other. Mm-hmm. It, was just, it was a great night. It was funny. It was right after he said it, and he hit like four in a row right after that. It was it was funny. You cannot script that any better. Yeah, no, you're right. And that that goes in with you know my other favorite thing about this group is that they just respond so well. And that mm-hmm. was one little thing where somebody says, "Hey, he can't shoot." He goes and hits four threes. And mm-hmm. we always felt like a lot of times we'd fall flat on our faces in a game or, or practice or something. We'd be like, "Man, we've got to you know get after these kids." And so we would challenge them pretty good. And man, almost every time they come back and respond and play better, play harder, play different. You know, they they just do the thing that we ask them to do. Hmm. That that is special and you coaches know that. That it is not every team that is willing to take those extra steps when they're really challenged. So that was a lot of fun too. Yeah, they're tough. And I was trying to think of a memory. I couldn't think of like I mean there was so many that came to mind. 
I have a memory, and it's so random. I don't even know how I remember it. But when we were at the Coconino League, and I remember it was Christoph, Devin, and Chino, and they were literally going to be freshmen, I think. They were either going to be freshmen or they were going to be sophomores. And it was in the summertime, and I remember walking over to them because I was like, I got to build a relationship with these kids, you know, because these are the future. And Devin had this mason jar of pennies. And he was like, I was like, what are you doing with this mason jar? And he was like, hey, coach, I've been saving up or something. And Chris, you know, his little laugh, he just starts laughing and Chino starts laughing. And I just remember walking away being like, that's our future. We're in trouble, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, they're, they're just a great group, man. And they proved us wrong overall, if you think about it, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, they had a great run, a great season. And one of the things about them that was a lot of fun to watch was the offense that they ran. Mm. It was dribble drive, you know. Yeah. And uh, I remember, when was it that you decided to go to dribble drive? Was that five years ago? Four? That was Jason. I think it was five. Yeah. Is their sophomore year? year. Yeah. Yeah, so that would have been five years ago. You know, five uh, years ago, I remember Coach Wall kind of talking about trying the dribble drive offense. And, you know, we didn't see a ton of success with it at first. We, we had right. to kind of work to, took a while. to figure out. Our kids had to figure it out. We had to kind of figure out how to, you know, teach it to them. But, Coach, you got these kids figuring out the dribble drive at a high level. They were playing really, really well. So kind of talk about that. Like, how did you, why did you pick Dribble Drive, not just for them, but even just for our small town community? And like, how did you help them get more comfortable with that? Well, yeah, I mean, one thing is looking across the program, we had nobody over 6'2 at that time. <laughs> Maybe 6'1". Six, six, yeah, 6'1 six, six, is probably closer. Whoa, 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 you're forgetting somebody. We had someone that was 6'5". Big Day. Oh, that's true. Big, big day. day. Sorry, sorry, Big Day. Day, no, I'm sorry, dude. Big Day. Um, Gosh, imagine. I know. <laughs> Anyways. For those, for, yeah, for those of you who want to like, imagine <laughs> and stuff like that, Big Day, he's the biggest like teddy bear, the nicest kid you'll ever meet. He's about 6'5". I, I don't know, say in high school, what, 320? <laughs> he was big. He's a big teddy bear. Um, he had skill, and we always played this what-if game with him. What if he just got in shape? What if he did this? He had the nastiest backdrop or backspin in the game in the post. No one could stop His it. His drop step. We would, I have vivid memories of videos, even, <laughs> of me and Coach trying to get the pad and, like, body him up in the post. And it was like we couldn't even move. We were just falling to the ground. He's so big. It's just the what-if. If he got a little bit in better condition, what he could have done for us his junior and senior year. I mean, I'm not going to throw words in anybody's mouth. I'm just saying it would have been a pretty fun run, let's just say the least. I missed that kid. But anyways, going so back to So other than that. Big Day, um, yeah, not, not a lot of size. We had some guards that were okay. Um, they had, you know, could shoot maybe be a little bit. Hmm. And so we had to try to put them in something where, that it made sense. And, you know, I don't think our basketball IQ was off the charts either at that time. And mm. so we were trying to look for something that was simple enough that kids could pick up, not have to think too hard out there, just play. And that's kind of how we landed on that. But as you guys know who, who run the dribble driver, who study it, the guard skills are the key. I mean, you've got to have kids that can handle mm. the ball. You've got to be able to have kids that can feet set and knock those shots down. I mean, otherwise, you're, you're just wasting your time out there. So... That was a lot of those first couple of years was just the heavy skill development that we really had to work with with, with all of our guards. So much skill development. And, and it was, yeah, day after day. It didn't matter if it was in season or out. We always had to do segments, you know, on ball handling, on shooting, whatever, mm -hmm. the, the cuts. And, you know, as, as hard as we worked, it still took several years before it actually became effective enough, you know, that we were starting to see some results in the games. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I think, you know, after those first three years, you know, we, we all as coaches talked and we got defended pretty well by some teams that figured out, you know, just, just the dribble drive. And, you know, they'd pack it in, they'd close out really well on shooters. So mm -hmm. we had to come up with some other things to do uh, to kind of adjust, you know, how, how we attack people offensively. So all of those things evolving together kind of came together this, this senior year and, and it's been a lot of fun. And honestly, the last, I mean, you can, the last three years, had a lot of success mm -hmm. with the dribble drive and yeah, it, it's helped sure. us a ton and it's been really good one of the things that coach wall did that his he's just great at a lot of things one of the things that he's great at is not just like skill development because my mind was okay we got to work on dribbling so let's just work on some dribbling stuff but he took it takes it a step further okay yeah let's work on our skills but 
Let's also put them in situations that are going to mimic exactly what they're going to be doing every single time. So we'd be doing drills. I don't even remember how many dribble attack move drills we've done. But I look and literally we're doing dribble drive constantly throughout our practices and throughout our breakdowns. And that's a testament to Coach Wall, just kind of breaking everything down. I don't know what the word is. I'm kind of like it's like creative. Yeah, he was like pretty creative in how he was able to creative. Impl- he was able to implement the dribble drive to our kids, like you know, because everybody yeah. like yeah, you're. It's just not the word I'm looking for though. It was like innovative. I don't know, like innovative, meticulous as far as like just trying to decide. We're not just going to work on skills. We've got to foster these skills and put them in the situations that they're going to see all the time. And I mean. And we saw a struggle. Like the positive was, then we started doing really good, and then people started zoning us, right. especially in the two A, yeah. and we had no answer. Looking like Kentucky versus St. Peter's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. You know they struggled against the zone, and you know, and then we we find other ways to adjust. And yeah, I think I remember. I got to be honest. I don't know if I ever told you this. When you first said dribble drive, I remember thinking, I don't know if that's gonna be good or not. And then after we did it for, I think it was, we installed it in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After doing it for the summer, I was like, this is what's best. It was just, it, it made so much sense. If you're a small ball team, you don't have a lot of size, you've got athletic, strong, quick guards that already have some pretty good skill, you might want to think about putting in some dribble drive because it, I mean, it's helped take our offense to the next level. What are, you, what are some things that you think we need to improve on for the next season? Um, well, we're going to have to prove on a lot of things, <laughs> everything, <laughs> basically everything. I mean, we, we lost, you know, all of the kids that had minutes on the floor, except for big cheat. How many seniors did we lose? Oh, which is seven seniors. That's it's not that many. It's not that bad. You know, we'll be fine. Yeah, we, know, we know schools that lost 12, but it bounced back somehow. That's true. It's true. <laughs> so we've, we've got to figure out a way to get our young kids going. And we've been talking to them about it. And everybody goes through this at the end of the year, mm. you know. And we all, as coaches, look at all these seniors graduating. And probably most of our th- first thought is, man, how in the heck are we going to survive next year, you know? And then once you start putting down what your personnel is going to be, you're really thinking about strengths and weaknesses and how you can help them get better. Then you start putting a plan together. And, and, and that's no different from any of the rest of you guys that, you know, work, work through this stuff. And we, we just have to put a few more pieces in place this year, maybe than we've ever had to before. Um, but we've got kids excited and working and, you know, we'll, we'll keep getting better. We always say that one of these years we're going to land this massive transfer and it's just going to happen. This might be the year. Who knows? You know, our, our luck's going to change maybe. You know, we always say life isn't fair, but maybe it's going to get fair pretty soon. Ooh, hot seat question. What's your thought on the transfer portal in high school? <laughs> Put, putting the transfer portal in high school? I mean, it's kind of already implemented, right? Me and Jeff already talked about this in previous pods and stuff like that. Coaches are pretty aware and stuff. Have like we? That. The transfer portal? I don't we haven't gone with the transfer portal yet, but I mean, there's pretty much a transfer portal in Arizona basketball. And there have like, been a lot of transfers. Especially in the small ball area. So I'm just kind of curious. Like, what's your thoughts on the transfer portal? Well, there has been a lot of transfers in the 3A for sure and, and everywhere else as well. And, I mean, mm-hmm. with, with the rule that's in place right now, it's, it works for people because they're able to, you know, leave one school and go to another school. And, you know, if, if you really feel like it's going to be a good fit for you, you just sit out half a season and then you can hop in and, and play from there. And that's... I mean, in all honesty, that's where we're at as a state right now because that's the rule the AA has adopted. And so, obviously, people are going to, you know, go, go for sure up to the rules and, and take advantage of whatever's provided to them. And so, mm. they do. Um, I think, you know, a lot of us would be on the, the frame where it, it's very fun to see a group of kids come all the way through, you know, that you've been able to work with and invest in and, and see that group, you know, have success. Um, it's obviously really fun too when you get a, another player in who can help. <laughs> See, there um, we go. wouldn't know, yeah. but I'm sure it is. But you know, and I mean that's that's part of being in a small town too. You know, I mean, people aren't just going to uproot and move 100 miles out of Phoenix, you know, because they want to go play basketball somewhere else. That's that's not the setup up here, which is okay. You know, we just mm. got to work with the kids we got, um, and, and we're definitely going to work very hard with them this off season. So. And it is fun to do that, you know, going back to even just the very first question we talked about, the good, the bad, and the ugly, it's almost like the bad, you know, not having as many like massive, big, high-level athletes, but also turns into a good because you work so hard with these mm-hmm. kids yeah. and you develop these relationships with kids that 
if they were six eight, that maybe you wouldn't spend as much time with them, you know. Uh, so that's maybe me looking at the silver lining and everything. <laughs> but it is what it is. Okay, what are your expectations? Because you, we do return a very big piece for next season. Mm-hmm. Big cheat. Mm-hmm. What are your expectations for him moving into next season? Because I've been super impressed with his growth. I mean, literally and on the court, but. Super impressed with his growth this season. So what are your expectations for him? Yeah, I mean, he made a huge improvement this year from last year and and became more of a consistent force inside. And Mm. so... Which we haven't had. Which which we haven't had since I've been coaching up here. You know, it's Mm. it's been many years. Um, Consistent like that, you know. And so... I mean, I think he, he continues to get stronger, which he will in the weight room. He's got to get a little bit more athletic um, and, and just some better feet. Um, and I think we can look at, you know, developing him a little bit more outside of the post as well, just mm. to give him a little bit more of an offensive arsenal. But, man, the way he's leading his group of guys and, and trying to get kids in the gym with him has been really fun to watch. And so I, I look forward to him having a great offseason, developing a ton, and and hopefully being a monster next year. Favorite moment of cheat this year that you can think of just off the top of your head? Oh, you better think of the one I'm thinking. I'm you thinking know. of one too, so I don't know if it's the same one. but Golly. One of my favorite things about cheat is we have these pictures of him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's going on Instagram this time. Yeah, oh. It's going on. Sorry, Chief. You're, I know We know you listen to this too, buddy. So It's going on, dude. There's and no cheat, hiding from it. Big Cheat has about the best fourth, fifth, and sixth grade pictures of any kid I have ever seen in my entire life. And so just randomly, these pictures will pop up, and man, we all get such a kick out of Big Cheat. So pictures. funny. So that's that's one of my favorites right there. Okay, I got one for you that's probably going to beat that. So if you remember, we went to Borgade. At Borgade, he didn't... I like, wasn't here for this, so I don't oh, know. Oh, you weren't here, but you remember, if you remember correctly, Cheat talked about himself in the third person. He didn't have a great game, and... We pull him out because, you know... <laughs> he talked to him in the third person? What? I, I do remember this. You remember this? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, he didn't have a great game, you know. I think he finished with, like, eight points, six points, if that. You know, they're just all over him. He goes to the bench because Coach Wall pulls him out. He goes to the bench and walks and says, Sorry, guys, Big Cheat didn't have a big game today. <laughs> he started just giving everybody a high five and sat down. And I was like, and me and uh, our other assistant coach looked at each other like, did he just talk about himself in the third person? I could picture Sol <laughs> saying that, too. It's yeah, so we're like, funny. what just happened? He didn't say, I didn't have He's a like, Big Cheat. He's like, sorry, guys, Big Cheat let you guys down this time. Didn't have a big game. I'm like, oh, what is going kid. on? That's probably one of my funniest memories of that kid this season. I think, I mean, he won us a number of games this past season, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And... One of my favorite games that he, you know, you talk about leading by example, and I feel like I've been saying that, we've been saying that to players for so long, and you rarely actually see it, you know. When we were playing at Northwest Christian mm-hmm. in the first half, we were just struggling to get a rebound. We were struggling to just get 50-50 balls. We come out the second half, and Chi is just, he doesn't go off scoring, but he's an absolute monster, just getting rebounds and tipping the ball, keeping it alive, diving on the floor. And it was like the first three possessions of that second half where he just secured the ball and it was a huge hustle play for us. I feel like that really lifted us. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's so many times that Cheat did stuff like that. So it's going to be fun to watch and see how him being thrown in with this younger group of kids even kind of helps his leadership go to the next level because he's going to need it. I for mean, sure, for sure. He doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we're, we're excited to see where he goes. He's a great kid, and Kyle, just a lot of fun, too. What, what's that Eminem shirt that he has? It's like a nuts about, I don't know what it is. I got to find that one. I'm going to post that one. It's so good. Be on the lookout for those, because those are coming out when this episode comes out. We're going to end up this thing talking about the shot clock. But before we do, we're introducing a brand new segment. Here with Coach Wall, we did it with him because, you know, he can't say no to us because he sees us all the time. (laughs) This is the hot seat with Reyes. So that's coming up right here. I'm going to find some really cool music to put at the front of this, but here it comes. He's heating up. up. Well... I've already thrown out. <laughs> That's a great stuff. Well, well, you sound prepared, Riz. <laughs> well, let's just be. I already threw out two hot seats. Um, 
I guess for one, for sure, that I want to ask you on the podcast, we always talk about it. It always reoccurs. Uh, you know, Coach Wall was talking about earlier about, you know, parents being, you know, like for every coach, there's always parental issues and stuff like that. What Give us a story. Like, what's one parental <laughs> issue that you remember pretty vividly that happened to you that you can just, you know, give us a little background on and how you dealt with it? Well, you know, I'll go back to my former comment about making sure that we do everything with grace and, <laughs> and how things cycle around. That's how the Lord would want it. That's, that is very true. Um, and, and I think all of us as coaches have had some very hard moments with parents. And, um, you know, one parent in particular um, gave me a lot of feedback. Um, we'll just say feedback. Constructive criticism as well you can a lot of that. feedback on on how things should operate in the program and um you sound like a politician right <laughs> now coach you're doing you're doing so great because i know the backstory of this and like wow that's awesome how how we should handle a lot of situations and how are the feed how were the feedback sent to you how did you receive them <laughs> was it in person was it through email text like i don't know a letter i don't know i'm not sure yeah in, all, me, all sorts of different methods <laughs> this this parent sense of feedback and so you know, just just consistent. After every game, we'd we'd hear something, and um, we just had to figure out how to continue to treat him with with love and and respect and grace, despite you know a very difficult situation. Okay, yeah. So now that we got through that, I want to ask you. Here's my hot seat question. I actually <laughs> so did have one. Was, was that the hot seat? No, question? that wasn't the hot. I was just some backstory. This is literally the hot seat segment. This is our first time doing it. Come on, go. Ahead. No, this is perfect. I wanted this, I wanted to give the you know the, our audience some content, some background story of what's gonna what I'm about to ask right here. Oh so, no, that makes me even more nervous. You know, Jeff. You know, do what you need to do as far as editing or Braylon, our audio engineer. But I'm just gonna ask you. I'm gonna go ahead and say, it. um, you've had some pretty good guard play. In our program, you know, Jason Collier, fifth in the state in scoring. Mm. And then just this recently, you know, Chino Salas, you know, he's a senior, great, tough kid. One-on-one or overall, and just in your opinion, because you were able to coach these two lovely players, who's the better player between these? Let's just put this out here. They both listen to the podcast, so I want them to know (laughs) what you think. Yeah, I figured this question would come up, and I mean... Commercial break. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, you know, those two kids, they have very different things that they bring to the table. Um, if, if you're just strictly talking about a one-on-one matchup, is that what you're asking me? I'm just talking about overall. You can go both, one-on-one okay. and an overall player. So if you're just talking about a one-on-one matchup, you know, Jason versus Chino, I think it's a highly competitive battle because they're both very skilled players. They can both shoot the lights out of it. Hmm. Uh, I What's mean, the score of 15? Hesitation moves. <laughs> Tough. Well, I think I think in a win by two, if they're playing to fifteen, it probably goes to twenty five. Um, straight and, up. And if it's if it's straight <laughs> up, then somebody's winning fifteen fourteen, and probably at a one on one, I'd put my money on Jay. Okay. One on one. Okay. Now, if we're talking about the overall, everything on the court, including you know, cutting off the ball. Defending all over. Reyes is really happy for what's about to come out right now. Yeah, you can see yeah. if you can see his face, you guys would laugh. Um, in in every sit every basketball situation that you could think of, um, I think Chino would have a slight edge on Jay. You know, in, a slight in, in edge. All of that. Slight edge. Jason, for you listening, slight edge, buddy. <laughs> I don't want to see no text messages late at night. Jason's not listening at this point anymore. He's thrown the phone out. Yeah, and he's shooting like a thousand shots at this point. You know, he took it personally, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Okay. So there you go. There you go. I mean, that's a pretty good answer. I'll admit. So that's hot seat. You had right more there. hot seat questions, didn't you? No. I yes, want... you did. It was like your best season, your worst season, you know, whatever. Oh, but we already kind of, I mean, we can kind of guess that. Who had the better season, Jason or Chino? Because they both went to the Elite Eight. Mm. It's a tough question. Both on so their, so both in their senior year. Who Who had the better overall senior year? Sure. <laughs> Look at his face. I know. Oh. He just loves it. Man. Yeah, I know. I know. But let's just put this out here. The, I, I didn't bring up the worst year because let's just be honest. My senior year, we won six <laughs> games, guys. Look at rip on Ray is all you want. We won six games. Let's just be honest. That's, that can be 
arguably your worst year. Fun year outside of basketball? Sure, we had great times. Hold on, hold on. Who are you saying by we? Are you saying you? Or and who had, who had we, fun that year? We, Coach Wall, you were part of the staff at the time. I have vivid memories of Coach Wall just like sitting there. Hold on, I got to say this. Okay, how many times after practice did you guys just talk? Because like I said, now that I'm a coach with you guys, after practice, you know, we talked for about like an hour. How many times did you just talk about, like, what's going to happen? Like, what are we doing? Like, did you just give up? How many times did you just want to give up? <laughs> just give My up. senior year. Hold on, hold on. Let me just say this. I will never forget Reyes' senior year. It was my first year moving to Arizona and coaching. And we went to the PCDS tournament. And we just played, like, garbage. I mean, just awful. And we played against Salome, which I love Salome, the Fighting Frogs. We played against Salome, and they just weren't very good back then. And we barely won by, I think it was three? We beat them by one point. It was by one. We barely beat them, and they weren't very good back then, you know? And now, I remember, anyways, they weren't very good back then. After the game, we were sitting out on the picnic tables, and I remember Coach Wall gave his game speech, you know, whatever. And afterwards, I told the kids, you know what, guys? I know we won that game, but I wish we would have lost because we need to fix this. And I start, you know, I was being like a coach, you know. And after everybody broke and left, Coach Wall came up to me and he was like, Coach, we got to take every win we can get at this point. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know, you're right. So oh, I just right. wanted to say that about senior year. So okay, was, yeah, so the fun. best year between Jason and uh, Chino, who, what was your favorite year? Mm. I mean, I think – Golly, that that first year with Jay, you know, that was our first shot. At, with what's that? Was that when we went twenty six and four? Um, probably, probably something like that. Yeah. But that was our first shot to to really make the playoffs, and then we won that first round game and got to the Elite Eight. Everything was at Yapai College. It was a new experience. It was really fun, you know. And and those kids have worked super hard, and um, just a neat, neat, neat year. And this year was incredible because we kind of had an expectation at the start of the year and to see the kids work towards it. And obviously we sure would like to play a little bit more at the end there, mm. but to see them accomplish those goals that we had so specifically set out at the start of the year, one by one was just very rewarding and exciting. Um, and so I, I couldn't pick a, a more favorite year. It was just a different kind of favorite, mm. you know, based on the expectations and the group of kids and all of that. So I know I know you wanted me to go go hard one or the other. But you got to run for office at some I point, man. That's pretty good. That's like politician <laughs> answer right there. Do, it. do you have any more hot seat questions, Reyes? You know, you've answered five hot seat questions pretty well. Was it five? Was that five questions? I think it was three. You cut a kid. <laughs> well, you're talking about all together. Huh? Yeah, all together. I, was, I feel like I was on the hot seat the whole interview. You know? <laughs> that is fair. It's fair. So you don't have anything else? I think, I'm, I think I'm solid on this one. Okay, that ends our first hot seat segment. Thank goodness, because, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, Jeff didn't get the question, so I was just kind of going off the dome on that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. We're going to wrap this thing up talking about the shot clock. Because I know that for you 1A, 2A, it's not coming to you guys. But for us in the 3A, it is coming. And that's definitely something that I honestly kind of forgot about until, I don't know, like a week or two ago when I saw something come <laughs> up. And I was like, I haven't even thought about that. So let's just talk shot clock for a little bit. Like positives, negatives, you know, do you think it's going to be a massive factor in the games? You know, let's just, let's just go with it. Let's just talk. I don't know where we want to go with this, but yeah. So, I mean, to start with in the three, a, you watch most of the three, a teams play. It's not going to be a factor till late in the fourth hmm. quarter. I mean, people play fast. They play quick, they shoot fairly quickly. And I mean, especially if they end up with 35 seconds, like they're talking about, hmm. it is the rare team that's really going to sit there in the half court and grind to 35 seconds. Fountain Hills, maybe. Um, I about to say yeah, that. I mean, I, I put down three teams for sure. Fountain Hills. I think ALA Gilbert was there too this hmm. year when they'd get into the half court. And I thought Arizona College Prep as well. Yeah, they, you're right. They would really sit there in the half court. Yeah, and you're grind super right. Pretty consistently. So teams like that are going to have to Maybe just tweak things a little bit. I don't think they'll change everything. You know, just throw it out. 35 seconds is still a long That's time. That's a long time. It's a long time. Um, but, man, putting my AD hat on, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult as far as just managing the night. Now you throw another person at the table. When does the shot clock reset? How All does the rules. it reset? 
right, ref stopped the clock, the shot clock keeps running, now we gotta go reset it again. I just, I foresee a lot of growing pains, you know, in, in this first year of using the shot clock um, with, with all of us moving forward. Are you happy with the shot clock being in Arizona? Are you asking me as an AD or a coach? As a coach. Um, as a coach, I'm kind of excited to try to figure out like the late clock situation stuff. And That's where I think it's going to be a huge factor. And so, you know, and I think for all of us as coaches, we, we're all going to, and I'm sure everybody is already thinking through, man, how do we handle that? We got 10 seconds left with the sideline out of bounds play. How do we deal with that? Hmm. Or, you know, we're up five with two minutes and 30 seconds left. Where's the balance between running clock and hmm. not putting yourself in a six seconds left and right. you don't have anything running offensively. So it does change some of those moments in the game, I think, and, and that's where we're going to see the adjustments um, that all those coaches are going to need to make. Yeah, me and Jeff have talked about this prior when the when they first got announced that it was going to be. like a year ago, about. Yeah, and we talked about how like some coaches could get exposed. <laughs> and we're talking about the coaches that like hold the ball for a whole quarter. There's very few people that do that now, though. I Especially feel. in the 3A, I I haven't say. seen that. Yeah. You know, there was a, a couple years ago where we had a team that would do that, but we haven't seen a whole lot of that lightly. I don't know, maybe I'm Yeah, I think, I mean, it doesn't seem like people hold the ball much. They're, you know, several teams like to just run a lot of offense, hmm. which, I and I don't, like I said, I don't even think it's going to be a huge change, just a yeah. little tweak, you know, to really think about what your options are going to be a little bit sooner down the floor. That was cool. I, I was just watching a game yesterday, and there was a team that was down by five, in college, down by five with a minute left, you just sit down and you play defense. Mm. You know, whereas in the past, you know, even this past year, you get a minute, you start fouling instantly, and that game changes. But where you can, like what you said, you hunker down and just get a stop, yeah. and then you go down and score, and then you get a – like, that's that's fun, man. That's Good where times. you kind of think well, about that. And the other two th- spots that I kind of thought about a little bit, probably people will think about full court pressure a little bit more. I was thinking and the maybe same more thing. Like a two, two, one where mm. it's just managing the clock, you know, giving them less time to go mm. through their offense. Mm. Um, also some zone defense might, I mean, we, we saw quite a bit of that this year, but I think mm. people might even play that a little bit more because if you go two, two, one back to a two, three, you might only be sitting in that two, three for 22 seconds, right. you know, which is maybe a lot more manageable closeout wise and all that stuff. than than before so I mean those are some other thoughts too yeah and I mean I feel like I don't we we've talked about this we don't like zone as much for you know different reasons that's just our opinion on it it's effective you know but we just we would much rather just hunker down and play man you know I, I just like playing man so much more but one of the things that I always hate about a zone is I feel like if you get a really patient team they could pass forever and just get a wide open layup that's shrinking it down, especially like what you said. It's a legitimate strategy to think about adding in a full court zone, and then when you go down to a half court zone, it's all gonna it's gonna cut into the time that people actually have to to truly possess the ball and get a really good offensive look. I think it could get in some kids' heads potentially. You know, if we look at it realistically, most teams probably possess the ball what ten seconds, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's generous. Probably ten to twenty. Yeah. I mean, I just I could get into kids' heads. I think potentially. I do think that it will be, and we've seen this a ton with our officials. I love our officials to death, and all you officials, like what you guys are doing right now, it is not easy with how you're being treated. So I feel you. Uh, we've all had our share of yelling at refs and different things like that. Some of us more than others, yelling profanity and things like that. But adding in a shot clock manager will be a little different. And we've seen, you know, refs come together and try to decide what a call is and spend, what was that one time they spent like two minutes, it felt like, debating on like the easiest call. And I think when you add a shot clock into it, it could really complicate some things. So yeah, I I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think there's definitely more positives and negatives. I'm obviously just thinking from a coaching standpoint. I think you only answer from a coaching standpoint. Did you answer from an AD standpoint? Yeah, I mean... That was when you talked about, like, I, having a clock I think, manager. Yeah, from an AD side, it's just, you know... And for a lot of small schools, the cost to put these in, I mean, mm. you're looking at anywhere from $5,000 to twelve or thirteen, depending on mm. how many gyms you have, how big you want to go with this thing, you know. And so there is an added cost to it. There's the training of the people, which we already talked about. So <laughs> definitely some challenges, like Coach said. I mean, it, it could have some fun moments as well. So... 
hopefully it's going to be more fun moments than, than challenging times. We'll just say that. Do we know that if we're able to do it during the summer? Well, and it'll, it'll just depend on how many schools have already got it established and set up. I know, you know, talking with a lot of ADs, everybody's at some stage in the game as far as if they've ordered them, if they've been shipped yet, if they've come in, if they've been installed. Hmm. There's a lot of details that have to take place at all of the, all our different schools to get it going. With our budget, we might just have somebody standing there with a timer, you know, <laughs> and just waving their hands. Hey, that's it. That's the violation. Has a whistle? Okay, so, Reyes, do you have anything else before we get out of here? Because I don't, I don't have anything else. I don't think I have anything else. I was going to ask you. Never mind. I'm not even going to ask you. <laughs> we don't do any more hot seat questions. Uh, hey, we, are, we were super excited about this episode. And for real, uh, I'm actually really impressed with you. You didn't defer things like crazy. It was only one time, I think. You were you being did. modest. You were being graceful, though. I was. I was, uh, I was trying to stay within the budget. Those, I have to tell you that. <laughs> and, and I got to tell you guys, before you guys sign off, man, us in, in the whole small ball community are so thankful that you guys are doing this. And, and I know you guys talk about it a lot. <laughs> so give me another tally if you want. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm just saying... Um, to have something like this where you can just talk about the small schools and the kids, man, it is a blessing for our state. And I think this is a, a rarity that we should continue to support you guys and help you guys out on this because I've sure enjoyed it. And I've heard a lot of neat feedback around the state as well. So you guys keep up the good work, man. It's a lot of fun. Thank you, man. You tell all your coaches they could. I know you have a lot of connections. You better tell them to tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I know that we don't do a video for the podcast or anything. and We never will. But yeah, maybe we'll see. No, we never will. But I wish you guys could have seen Reyes's face like 90% of the time today because he's just trying to be so controversial. It's really funny. So uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. If you want to be a part of the action, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you want to become a monthly supporter, you can just go to the link in our Instagram bio and just look at our link tree. And there's a lot of information there. We've already got a few of those. So if you guys want to do that, go ahead. And those five-star reviews on Apple always help as well. We just got 102, which is really cool. So that's awesome. So keep them coming. We'll catch you guys next time.